it is time to tune up the band. And holy fuck was last year nuts, for it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. I am Sam, alongside Dan and Rhea Ripley, as we continue our journey for the wacky world of professional wrestling. Good afternoon, chaps. How are we doing? We're gonna, we're gonna, uh, so we're gonna start, we're gonna start 2023 with me punching you in the mouth. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> no, 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 no. Is that no, what no, we're no, doing? No, you blame we, Mele. You we blame did the man's well. name right, so people can never forget it. Exactly. Right. Okay, so it's come to my attention <laughs> that certain parties at Deadlock do not know how to pronounce my name. Uh, certain hog dippers, eh? Certain yes. hog dippers. So, a little pronunciation guide. It is Reardon. Reardon. That's it. Two syllables. Not three, not four. Just two syllables. Reardon. Just, if you've just, that's it. That is how you say my fucking name. Now, with that being said, am I, am I, am I happy to be called real Ripley? On some level, yes. But that's my name. In right? many other ways, no. Yeah. So, 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 there you go. Sorted. Let's get on with the show. <laughs> oh yes, yes. How was your Christmas break, you two? Because I, I, I very much enjoyed Christmas very last good. year. I. This was a very lovely, relaxing Christmas. But I missed you guys. I very we much made missed. My, we made my brother do everything this year. So. <laughs> Excellent. I wasn't having to wake up at like seven in the morning to start on Christmas dinner. That's Ooh. amazing. Thank goodness you got the rest. I had I spent my first Christmas with my girlfriend. That was that was an interesting experience, but what I very much enjoyed. Mm. Very much yeah, that, enjoyed. That would have been very interesting. <laughs> well, because you know what they're like, Reardon, so uh, yeah. That's why I'm kinda of like <laughs> Don't worry about a, it. Yeah, to be a fly on the wall on that one. <laughs> it was very nice. It was very nice. But yes, it's good to be back. And as I said, holy crap, what a nuts year it was last year. It was in fact a goofy hour year. <laughs> but we need to get into the spiel. We give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and for 2023 and beyond, forever pending other platforms. Let me tell you something. Let me tell all of you something. 2023, 2024, 25, 26, 7, 8, 9, 30, forever, for however long we do this, we will always be pending. We've got the years. Always. We get that through your head. We've got the years <laughs> on lockdown more than EA Sports have. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Again, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Before we get on to our year-end retrospective, and indeed, of course, the Waggies, it is time to visit Dan for this week's fucking blurst wrestling news. Wrestling news. <laughs> oh, good lord! Right. I know. Don't uh, worry let's about get it. into. Uh, <laughs> our, let's get into our main. Uh, um, well, do we, we're going to start with New Japan. Yes, Wrestle Kingdom. We have had Wrestle Kingdom. 
Uh, we've had two of the nights of Wrestle Kingdom because the third is on the 21st of January for whatever reason. <laughs> really, really weird. And it's in Yokohama, not the Tokyo Dome. Again, weird. But hey, I'll buy it because, well, it's, like, because they're doing it's a New the Japan whole... Noah card. So Yeah, they're doing the whole New Japan Noah card, which is basically a yearly tradition at this point, which I love. Which I, I Especially not just cool. because we, uh, we have Keno doing his thing. Exactly. Exactly. Against uh, Tetsuya Naito as well, of all people, which I was really looking for. Headlining Wrestle Kingdom again. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, don't mind it at all. Do not mind it. (laughs) Don't mind it at all. So, yeah, I mean, night one. um, Night one. Not too bad, all things considered. Um, there are, I mean, as said, for, for the like the past couple of years have been very hit and miss. This one was more hit than it was miss, but there wasn't really much that I could possibly say that you know spoke out to me, uh, in particular. Of course, the pre-show we had a lot of good uh, matches there. Uh, we had Oleg Bolton making his debut in an exhibition match, which I thought was absolutely again. Anokiism is alive and well, even with Antonio. God bless him. No longer here. What? What a per- what a person! What a wrestler! I can already tell he's going to be brilliant. That's, I lo- you just love to see it. I love to see big burly men throwing people about. You love to see it. Um, the Antonio Inoki Memorial Six Man Match, which was we just talked about before we recorded. The youngest person in that match was fifty. <laughs> <laughs> we had Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima, and Toby no, That's Makabe real different behavior. Versus 69-year-old Tatsumi Fujinami, Minoru Suzuki, and Tiger Mask. <laughs> oh, Honestly, it is, it, is, it is unreal mm. it's... That, that those guys are still doing what they're doing at that, that point in time. It is nuts. It is so, so nuts. Um, Little bits of highlights. Um... Good to see Leo Rush still doing his thing. I really do love the tag mm-hmm. team of Leo with Leo and Yo. Um, it's uh, good. I was I was really worried that Yo um, was gonna like get left out when they did the the split. Yeah. Um, but he seems to be getting on okay. Even if I feel like I don't see his and Show's names as much as before exactly but then again i saw that i saw them before just because they were just in the same endless matches for the <laughs> iwgp junior heavyweight tags exactly exactly um Kyrie defeating tam nakano by pinfall in a very short match i was very surprised was, of how short it was well, it, it was it was one of it was one of the matches on the card because they went to get the debut of mercedes monet yes fka uh-huh. Sasha Banks, who is no longer the boss she is the ceo of wrestling it's <laughs> <laughs> a step up <laughs> i'll tell you this much um Besides the gory, the gory bomb DDT that was mistimed, it wasn't a bad debut. It's nice to see Mercedes back. Um, it's nice to see Mercedes actually now achieving a dream of hers, which is to wrestle in Japan. Um, mm-hmm. You love to see it, and it looks like they're going to be uh, pushing for a program between Mercedes and Kyrie for the IWGP Women's Championship. All I believe that's the- happening at. Um the show in san jose yes i believe it is 
It's, you so, love to see it. If anything, it's I, I, I'm very much of the thing of Mercedes is so kind of famous, so successful in everything that she does that she absolutely has the freedom to go and do this and not, you know, oh, not, absolutely. not see a negative for it at all. Because, like, look at where she is now in terms of her success and credibility, you know. A Star Wars series here, a Star Wars series there. She's now got the freedom to go, I don't need you anymore, WWE. I'm going to go and fulfill a dream of wrestling in Japan. Um, and you know what? If she does end up going back to the E, then, like, cool. We got we got this run. Exactly, exactly. Um, FTR have now finally lost all of their championships. They had uh, they lost the IWGP Tag Championships to Bishamon. I'm not complaining because I love Hiroki Goto. But the thing I've come we come from this is uh, what does this mean for the future of FTR? Um, a lot of people are saying that the reason they've lost all three titles and they lost the AEW tag matches. Oh, this must mean that they're going back to WWE. We don't know. At this point, this is all rumor and conjecture. Yeah, there, there was going to come know. a time where where they did lose the titles. There obviously was yeah. always going to oh, be. Oh yeah, a time in, inevitably happened. because you can't just have free titles forever. And as we found out, AAA is in fact one of the companies of all time. <laughs> and they they decided to have another big triple A moment. Yes, um, if memory serves me correct. Like, AEW um, wrestlers can now no longer hold our belts except Kenny Omega when we want him. Exactly. <laughs> it was, it was, if memory serves me correct, um, wasn't it Dragon Lee uh, won the titles yeah. from, uh, from FTR, but now Dragon Lee is signed with the WWE? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> again, you so, love to see, it's a AAA moment. <laughs> again, this is AAA just doing AAA things. For me, personally... I see it this way. FTR had a tremendous 2022. There is no denying that in any way, shape, or form. Um, for this now, going into 2023, is this an, is this kind of rewriting a new chapter so they can go for the AEW tag titles? Does this mean they're going back to WWE? Who knows? Either way, I think Dax and Cash really have proven themselves to be a commendable force in tag wrestling and an asset to any company they would potentially go to or wrestle for. There's no doubt yeah, in my I, mind I, at all. I, I, I'm choosing to believe that this is like a way of resetting themselves for AEW because like, I think AEW realized that they were just spread too thin. Yeah. yeah. Because like, how can you appear on AEW program when you've got shows like everywhere mm. it's but insane. i don't know i don't know that's just that's just my way of seeing stuff for all i know they might be going back and if they are they are it is what it is it is what it is zack saber jr defeated ren narita for the uh, nw uh, njpw world television championship which again really good match really weird yep. to see bleach blonde hair zack saber jr if i'm honest uh, like uh give me yeah, the card to bruv <laughs> it feel it feel it feels weird because he's He's from Kent, but I feel like I'm looking at someone from Essex. <laughs> it's kind of bizarre, isn't it? Also, he uh, he has gone over the Dartford Crossing. He really, I, I was about to say, also he's gone over the Dartford. He, he went to Lakeside to get his gear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ren Narita to be the, the spiritual successor to Katsuyori Shibata is something I want to, I love to see. And honestly, yes. him and Shooter are probably the future of New Japan. And I hope oh, yeah. they strap the rocket on on the pair of them. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really hoping that the, the pair of them can. Like the thing, the thing is, New Japan likes a good, does like a good. We're destined to do this forever. Yes. 
So I think it would be good to like get that in now. Exactly, exactly. Keiji Muto's last New Japan match happened here in a six-man where he teamed with Hiroshi Tanahashi and Shooter to defeat LIJ. It was a match. Of course, be- Muto being Muto, he had to win this one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you know what? With this, the whole retirement tour, I have to admit, I'm going to miss Keiji Muto a little bit. <laughs> Again, he's one of those people that just brings a certain level of insanity to wrestling. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I say that we 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 say we say all this. He did actually take the loss to Shinsuke Nakamura in the new in the Noah New Year show. Exactly, which was a great, which, which honestly again, was a great match. <laughs> it, it was a great match, and my favorite thing was people afterwards being like, "Why is Shinsuke not a massive deal in WWE?" <laughs> Um, let me refer- let me point to the promo he had where he said, "Sorry, I don't speak English." Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so yeah, there, there, there was that. But I'm happy that people are seeing Shinsuke Nakamura for all his qualities and not just his uh, main roster WWE run. Exactly. Exactly. IWGP US Championship match. Uh, Omega coming back to New Japan. May I add? He came out to the one-winged angel, Sephiroth's theme from Final he, Fantasy he VII. Reached, he reached peak, peak weeb. Nerd. He really did. It was great because he came out with a Sephiroth jacket as well. And I'm like, like you it was, are it was, fucking weeb and it, I love it. It was not enough to just have his move be called the one-winged angel. He had to come out to it as well. I loved, I loved it. This match... Um, Here's the thing. A lot of people have really, really hyped this match up from Davey Miltman all the way to Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful. Yeah, it got um, the, the, the like 6. Sean, Ross, I was say, Sean Ross said this didn't deserve stars. It deserves constellations. I wouldn't go as far as saying that, but what I will say is this. A great match. One of Kenny's best matches in, a, yeah. in, in the past few years for, for sure. I'll give plaudits to both competitors, even though... I've made my opinion clear on a certain competitor in this match. They yes. did do well. Uh, I think, and I'll say this, it's not a popular opinion. I think Kenny really was the one to carry this match. I'll say that because... If, I, if, was... I say, if I say it as that person helped provide the moments, but like I could feel like the structure was dictated by Kenny. Yes. Yes. There we go. It was it was a fantastic match, and honestly, I think uh, a lot of people were there saying we uh, like this is the Kenny we've been wanting for a very long time. It's the Kenny of Japan. It's amazing. Japan. What, it's amazing what he could do when he's not just in like constant pain while wrestling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and of course, you know, in kind of a, um, a surprise, a surprising turn of events, we had Okada defeating Jay White for the IWGP, which was World ag- again. In fact, one of the many things that has happened. And again, the rumor mill has spread with this happening that Jay White has indeed contract is coming up and he's going to WWE. This has happened a couple of times now. Not that I wouldn't be object to seeing Jay White in WWE. I think he would be an incredible asset to the company, if you ask me. Let's just just bring it down a little bit. This doesn't necessarily mean this is happening. Okay, it was it was a very it was a very good match. Again, it's a very typical match that Jay White and Okada have had for the past couple of years. It did its job. It was a yeah, good match. I, there, isn't there some there's something about like a loser leaves Japan thing happening? It seems weird. 
yeah, I think that there's sort of something like that happening. I can't again. I, I, I can't be again, I haven't. Sure. I haven't. I can't remember what it was. I have seen it, but um, I can't remember exactly what the details of it are. Um, Hell, if I mean, it could be that Jay White goes to AEW. I don't think I've not for, seen that. For, for all we know, Jay White is off to Impact, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I could I couldn't even finish off that sentence about laughing at myself. <laughs> I'm sorry, Impact fans. So that was a quick rundown of the card. Uh, night two, as we said, is going to be a big New Japan versus Noah uh, supercard taking place at Yokohama instead of the Tokyo Dome. I mean, basically, the only thing I care about is Naito versus Keno. Exactly. Because I love Keno. Of course, we get we've got Nakajima versus Takagi as well, which I'm looking forward to. We that. do, which. See, that's one of those things that that, that should be a work rate burner. <laughs> but I also acknowledge the possibility that Katsuhiko Nakajima not like shoot knocks out Shingo Takagi True. on live pay per view. True. <laughs> which I don't know if I, I which I like can't decide if that makes it better or infinitely worse. Only one way to find out then. Only one <laughs> there way to is find out. One way to find out. My favorite thing has just been Keno just turning up at press conferences and just fucking threatening people. Yes. It's great. I love it. I love it so my, much. There needs to be more, my needs to be more favorite, of that happening in Japan. Yeah, the, 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 the recent one was him turning up to the LIJ press conference and going, how many of you fuckers are there? <laughs> <laughs> I love that moment so much. Incredible. <laughs> Oh, man. So, main bit of the news, Dan. Um, uh, yeah, what the fuck's he... been going on this week? Um, so, the big story is that uh, Vince McMahon is trying to hold the WWE board effectively to ransom. As the um, main... As, I mean, he's the main shareholder of the yeah, company, so he, isn't so he? He, he, he? He is the largest shareholder and holds the majority of voting rights and has basically been trying to strong arm the board into like having him reinstated to a board position which has now been uh as of this recording has now been confirmed and effective immediately apparently um so he made a motion to dismiss two board members to bring in two board members of his choice which were which so, have been very well known to be not only the vice presidents of the company at one point, but also uh, lackeys, if for lack of a better term. So basically, with all of this, as as I understand it, my reading of this has been limited, as is my uh, understanding of U.S. corporate law. Um, <laughs> uh, has basically been that. Vince is trying to block any sales or anything involving licensing and rights. Yes. Um, and is trying to push through a sale of his choice. Mm-hmm. All of this. I, I yeah. assume so that he makes the money from it? Yes. Basically, uh, the TV deals are coming up this October. And so this is a, basically a way of him to strong hand away to be able to get into a deal if the sale of the company goes down he can greatly benefit from it because if he was just a shareholder then well he wouldn't be able well then that, that runs a risk of him getting nothing at all yeah. so basically he's strong arming strong arming his way back into the board of directors which is um a choice i mean yes it is in fact a choice um i think an important part to talk about here is 
I mean, obviously the TV writers are the TV writers. WWE over at least like the last year or two have had not a fractured relationship, but it's been awkward. It's been very awkward with TV um, companies. Mostly, mostly just because of all of the stuff with with the Roman dual title reign and everything with that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but to to go into one of the main parts of this, I think it is worth mentioning the two people, the two groups who are currently um, projected in the sale war. One of them being the Saudi Public Investment Fund, which, which, as we have said uh, before, um, man, that's a real mask off moment from uh, Crown Joy. I'll tell you this much. I was going to say, in, in the world where uh, the Premier League and WWE would be made comparative, well, that that would be the world we live in if that happens. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it, it it's a massive mask off moment, and I mean. Hey, separate the wrestling from uh, from the uh, the real life world with that one. Yeah. Um, the other big buy that has been apparently projected, although as I'm aware, no interest has been directly linked yet, is Disney. No, which the- I assume, which I think is a fair assumption, because as we all know, the mouse likes to consume all. Yes, and uh, I feel this is probably a reasoning as to why Vince probably wanted to strong arm his way in because a company like Disney, if they bought the company, they wouldn't give a fuck about keeping it on, whether it was successful or not. They could they no. could probably can it from their TV from their TV channels like that. So probably that's a reason why Vince wants to stay in, because not only does he get, of course, a good deal out of it, maybe he gets to retain some sort of power and authority, which is... You know what? This this whole thing has made me realise, you know the, the concept of the American dream? It's fucking horrible, isn't it? It's... Welcome to capitalism, buddy. You know, I, you know, I heard a great thing about the American dream, which is great. It was that... It's... Anyone can make it here. It doesn't mean... But not everyone... But not everyone can. All I'm saying, I, I mean, I, just... I just think, I just think to the thing from the uh, the Eric on an interview of Eric Andre, where he's like, oh, "The American Dream is just a fucking crock of horseshit made up by some like old white people in the in the twenties." <laughs> also, this may, is... I may say this: the irony and the poetic nature of Vinnie Mac trying to stage an insurrection on January the sixth. It's quite a thing, isn't it? Oh, good God. That's the only time that I'm ever going to get political on this in, podcast. That is, in, that is, in fact, a thing that I did not even think about. Anything yeah, I've done, I could do, I could do better. detail passed me by. Yeah, that... Lord. Welcome to corporate America. Again, anything Donnie can do, he can do better. <laughs> WrestleMania 23 moment. <laughs> it's nuts in a in into to kind of like the cherry on top of a year gone by that was freaking nuts on every conceivable level this we're not even 10 days into the into the new year and this happens <laughs> you can't make this stuff up i think yeah it's like the thing of looking at it is that when this came out we, I feel like we all, res- as wrestling fans, resigned ourselves to the feeling of, of course he would. Of course yeah, he fucking yeah. would. Again, 
uh, as the infamous quote goes, the more things change, the more things stay the same. <laughs> I, I saw so many Rise of Skywalker memes in oh, one yeah. In what in very quick succession? It it's a it's the, the ultimate shock, but not surprised at all. And like, what what is the over under? He immediately starts messing around with the actual the actual storylines and well, stuff look again. Look at this. Look, put it this way: in the press release, Vince said creatively and in the in the um, in the board of directors structure, nothing's changing. I call bullshit on that because you have a huge history of doing stuff like that and then going back on it, Vince. Yeah, yeah. I cannot trust that man to, to say that about about it at all. <laughs> no, he's going to come out at some point thinking he's going to get a hero's welcome. Well, I think... Nope. I don't think that's going to be exactly the case. I, I don't know. I really I don't, don't know. at this point I really really don't know. Crazy. Freaking crazy that we have to talk about this the first episode of 2023 we do. <laughs> but hey, as I said to a lot of people, well, it was sort of fun while it lasted. <laughs> sort of fun while we lasted. But uh are we done with the news on that, uh, Dan? I think we're done with the news. Fantastic. Thank God for that. <laughs> Reardon, it's the first recommendation corner of 2023. What have you got for us? Guys, how do you feel? Not about a billion dollar blue movie, but about a killer doll. I mean, I mean, come on, as long as the killer doll keeps making appearances on NXT, I'm happy. <laughs> as long as it keeps haunting the Steiner family. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know if you're quite in luck, but there is a substitute. So I, I actually, for the first um, recommendation corner, I did like debate on whether I should give the nod to Avatar The Way of Water. I decided against it because that movie doesn't need my help. <laughs> Instead, however, I will inform people that next week the horror weird killer doll movie Megan is coming out. It looks kind of weird. I've heard it's got nothing but good reviews. It's out in America, so I recommend it for them. <laughs> but for the UK, like, it's a, it's a, been a hot minute since I've actually watched like a horror movie in cinemas. Mm. But I think I'm going to take the plunge and scream and watch a, a doll dance very eerily. <laughs> so I'm going to do that, and that's my recommendation. <laughs> also, just a tiny little one from me. I finally sat down after a long time of kind of putting it off, of not putting it off, but kind of listening to it on the wayside, of listening to Kay Trinada. I'm very glad I did, because mm -hmm. I can now understand why he's such a revered music producer. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Very cool, very cool. But with that, it is time to get on to the 2022 Sweet Chinwag Waggies. Oh, chaps, 2022 can only be described, as I keep saying it, as truly nuts in every conceivable way. A mm -hmm. lot of seismic changes 
happened in mainstream professional wrestling. Stuff that we thought was decades, years away from happening ended up happening and then some. We had seen mm-hmm. people being, like, again, established names, leaving companies. We had seen um, a lot of companies seemingly starting to fall through the cracks and having an, 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 it, could, it could seem to self-sabotage themselves. We had seen a lot of wrestlers who we didn't think we'd ever see again back in the ring. We'd seen a lot of things of, of, of tiffs coming into the public eye of professional wrestling. We saw a lot of people who are deserved of, of the position finally getting their plaudits. We saw a lot of wrestlers finally getting uh, up to becoming champions as well. A, a huge year. A huge year. How as best would you describe, as as a viewer of professional wrestling, what 2022 <clears throat> was like from the pair of you? You want to go first? I was going to say the year things changed, but then Vince McMahon came back and I was like, the more things <laughs> change. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, though, it is certainly a year of our whole heaps of change just going on and on throughout the year. Mm. A lot of people, a lot of things that people thought were impossible turned out to be very possible and then impossible again. Thanks, 2023. But. <laughs> Yeah, just a very, very fascinating year. Just yeah. in general, I would say. It as a year, it was like <sighs> I think this was this was a year of like high highs and low lows. <laughs> yeah. When when we were when we were at the peak, we were like way over the mountains like going up towards space and when we were low we were realizing we could dig deeper into the mariana trench <laughs> i believe that yeah like we we really went from extremes <laughs> it was yeah it was a year a massive year of extremes like <laughs> Like there was no in between. Like there was no calling. I felt for a little bit of time there was no in between. That it, it just ended up being either everything's fucking great or holy shit, the whole world's on fire. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Needless to say, though, Mate. it made choosing a lot of the winners for me for these awards very easy. <laughs> see, see, this is the this is the thing, right? Because I was going through, and in like some categories, I was like, this is so easy. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I was like, yeah. Oh, like, I need a list of um, things that are match of the year for me. Mm. No worries. I've got like eight that I can pick from to pick my top three from. Zero problem. Then it came to stuff like, oh, okay. Um, who do you think is Who do you think is your breakout star of the year? And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it was it, it, a lot, a couple of them, like the couple of the sillier ones for me were a bit hard to figure out. But when it came to yeah. moment, breakout, match, tag and wrestler, for me, I had it locked in by about late November of who Pretty I much. was going to have there in those <laughs> categories for sure. So getting I, to those moments was easy. I, I only had... <clears throat> one match um 
and enter my list for my my like my top ten for match of the year um after the first of December. Mm. How easy was it for you, Rin? <laughs> I found the sillier awards much easier than the than <laughs> these than the the, the proper quote unquote award. <laughs> Just a hundred percent easier. So we're gonna go for it. Let's go for it. Let's start then with a very silly award. Let us start with bump of the year. Ah, oh, this one was a quite was quite an easy one for me. Um and <laughs> okay. I and I will admit that I probably if you probably will agree with me that I probably copped out on this one. So uh shall okay. I go first with who I who I you gave can go first for your, okay. your bump of the year winner. Yeah, My ahead. bump of the year winner is the entirety of the Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn match for WrestleMania. <laughs> Hell well, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's a, yeah, I can't argue with that pick. Standing pick. Uh, I can't I can't pick one in particular. Um, all of them were tremendous, especially Wee Man Scoop Slam for Sami Zayn. <laughs> I, but, 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 but let me just say, though, why was Wee Man's bo- um, Scoop Body Slam so clean? Yeah. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. He got tips from Brock Lesnar the night before honestly, when he body though, slammed Wee Man through a table. Honestly, though, it's such a it's such, it's it's so stupidly clean that I'm just yeah. there. And I'm just like, this is so good that I still maintain that match was my favorite and almost potentially my best match of that WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. I, I still don't give a that. shit what people say about <laughs> Cody Rhodes. <laughs> No, no, it's such again. I it was very fortunate that uh, the full match is now on WWE's YouTube. It was uh, uploaded a couple of weeks ago. I went back and watched it. I was like, you know what? No, I, I, I'm not. I was not wearing it with rose tinted glasses. This match absolutely still fucks several mobs down. The no, line. it does. And you know what's even better? I literally watched that match back like a couple of days ago because I was like, that was really fun. I'm gonna go back and watch that again. <laughs> So that is my bump of the year, third, second, and first. I'm sorry, I just have to. <laughs> no, that's that. Oh, that's... Honestly, though, that's a completely valid decision. <laughs> okay, yeah. so uh, Reardon, bump of the year. A lot of good, a lot of good contenders. A lot of good contenders. However, however, this is probably nostalgia talking. Oh, actually, I gotta, I gotta like, I'm, I'm gonna actually split it. I'm gonna. We have. You can, you can go, you can go through different ones if you want to go like a three, two, one. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I think I'm gonna go for a three, two, one. Go for a three, two, one. Number three is Jungle Boy almost absolutely eating shit at full gear. (laughs) What (laughs) pick? Which. Which uh, one of the few bumps this year that legitimately scared me yep. because there were like three things that could have gone wrong in very quick succession. <laughs> he could have dinged his fucking head on the corner of a table at however speed that was. He could have just straight up. He, he landed on his knees, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Which was no. <clears throat> It was just the most, like, ridiculously unclean thing I had seen in a good hot minute. (laughs) Number two. 
I'm going to give it to Stone Cold Steve Austin taking a straight oh. up bump on his back yeah. at 60 goddamn years old. <laughs> oh, I don't care about my, I don't care that my neck is made of solid dust, son. You suplex me. A man knee braces. Yeah, who just unbelievable. I it's the, that bump gets number two for just simply being a bump. I didn't think I would be. I would see. Mm. Yeah. You don't think you're gonna see that? No, I saw it. <laughs> and just, I still like just thinking about it. Just makes me wince. It yes, really does. Yeah. It really does. But in my heart of hearts, I knew which what my bump of the year was gonna be. I knew what it was gonna be. Mm-hmm. It was gonna be another full gear, and it was going to be Darby Allen. Oh. Absolutely eating shit, yeah. <laughs> getting thrown like getting thrown like like way Mysterio thrown. Yes. <laughs> I haven't seen that kind of just getting someone just getting tossed like that. And the and the thing about it is that like both of them getting getting caught and tossed and then getting tossed again. I don't know which one was the better one. So I have to just say just just Darby Allen in that match. Yeah. Yeah, full gear. He gets it. Once again, a man who legitimately doesn't care if he dies in the ring, quite frankly. <laughs> Just I have to give him bump of the year. Yeah. No, I I 100% agree with you on that one. <laughs> no, it is absolutely a correct choice. I I had a tough time with bump of the year this year because I wasn't hit with a strong early contender. Not mm. as good as Dick Togo there, last year with the elbow there, drop. There was, there was no 2021 Dick Togo table bump. There <laughs> was no 2023 early contender for the next awards. Matt Tremont getting uh, hit in the balls with a light tube and then falling himself over the top rope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it was tough. Uh, I uh, I did do a uh, a three to one because I felt that was the best way to uh, to evaluate this, and it was a it was a very difficult decision uh, to go through. Hmm. But I have managed to come up with my my list of uh, bumps. Uh, at number three, I have gone for. Uh, Wee Man's Body Slam <laughs> on Sami Zayn. <laughs> I was debating putting it at the one, but I figured one of us, uh, one of us would say it. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the number two, I have gone for Adam Brooks absolutely eating shit on Konosuke Takeshita's knee from yep. DPW Fire. That one was an amazing <laughs> bump. Fuck me. <laughs> that was the murder scene of a bump. <laughs> but my, num- my number one uh, had to go to one of the ones that has stuck with me so intensely. Uh, and it is Darby Allen eating shit trying to do a suicide dive to Satnam Singh. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. So that's. A- so, so we agree. <laughs> it's just the, him, right? Like going through all the moves and just bouncing off him, like like he just did it into a wall. 
disgusting. I've heard, you know, you you know the the spring sound effect in the Sonic games. Literally, that's what I heard when the Darby hit sat them sing, bloom. What a ridiculous bump! Oh man, that again, great choices, the pair of you. And here's me kind of copping out by doing. <laughs> no, your answer is absolutely not a cop out one bit. It's not a cop out. That's a, that is a legit choice. Oh man, no. So great start, great start with bump of the year. Let's go on then to a kind of semi-serious one, if you will. Best pay-per-view yeah. of the year now there are a lot of choices here for me i've gone for a lot of unexpected unconventional ones um because even though the main ones had some really really good pay-per-views i mean let's talk about all that 2022 was really good we had wrestlemania actually being a decent watch this year yeah <laughs> uh, last right. year i should say um i went for a three to one that isn't is going to surprise a lot of people i think so i will go from i will go from third at third place we have cyberfight festival 2022 now it Strong wasn't pick. the most incredible one there are a few yeah. matches that kind of stunk the joint out but we yeah. had rob van dam have a really good six man tag match uh, teaming with Yoshinari Ogawa which i never thought mm -hmm. i would ever see for the longest time and at 52 years old Dude's still got it, you know? Yeah. It's, Rob Van Dam oh, yeah. is still doing Rob Van Dam things. It's great what CBD can do for people. <laughs> I was going to say, like, the the weed's doing the Lord's work <laughs> on his body. So weird. Basically spinach for his Popeye. It's, it's exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, we had uh, Disaster Box and CDK defeating mm -hmm. the 37 Kamina as well, and Asuka uh, in a really good eight-person tag match. Uh, but it's saved for me mostly because of the Princess of Princess Championship match between Nakajima and Sasa uh, Sakazaki. Yes. And for Satoshi Kojima versus Go Shiyazaki for the GHC Heavyweight Championship. Solid. It was a, mu which was a much a much better match than I was expecting. I can't exactly, lie. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, great, great. So that saves it for me. At number two, I don't know if you can necessarily call it a pay-per-view, but it was a named event. So I'm going to go yeah. with it. DDT pros, who's going to top? What yeah. an absolute incredible, yeah, this match, was, uh, incredible event. This, this was one I had a tough time with, and I was like, do I do I count this or not? <laughs> I, I decided to count it for the heck yeah. of it, because it it deserves to actually be in this, because it wall-to-wall -wall was an incredible, incredible um, uh, uh, card. Um, we had tag matches... We had um, Damnation defeating Omega in a six-man tag match. We had Hiroshima being Hiroshima. As usual, he has had an incredible couple of years. Uh, Cara Noir having a really great match for the DDT yep. Universal title. And the main event, which I will get into... Uh, sneaky, sneaky. Wink, wink. I will get into later because that match seen to be believed it was an incredible credible match from higuchi and Takeshita. so that's mm -hmm. uh, that's number two at number one though dpw's first anniversary yeah deadlock have been the company of 2022 and i will not hear anything different they were no that's the thing though it it was genuinely 
like a lot of their shows I had in contention for this. D- Deadlock Pro um, have been incredible. Like the Deadlock Boys have known how to book people, when to book shows and events, and they really have taken North Carolina, that scene by storm, and the wider area. So much so that I'm here saying that if I was going to put a promotion of the year, it would be Deadlock Pro, without question. That first anniversary show, though, was was just so cool. So, so cool. Um, not only to see the visual of of the three chaps there in the ring, getting all uh, all sentimental. But for the matches that we had, we had, gosh, we had Jay Malachi versus Diego Hill, Adam Brooks versus LeBron Cazone. We had Rochelle Rose versus Emi Sakura, Lucky mm-hmm. Ali versus Bojack for the World Championship. We had Colby Carino versus Takeshita, which was a really yep. great match. We had NDA versus Violences Forever. And of course, mm-hmm. the national title match with Calvin Tankman versus Andrew Everett. Again, such a good, such a good, good show and such an amazing card. And what a way to celebrate one full year of DPW, if you ask me. Honestly, debut year, like, like rookie year promotion, unreal output. <laughs> so that's mine. Uh, DPW first anniversary is, without question, best pay-per-view of the year for me. Uh... Dan, I'll go with you. Let's, let's go with Dan. What was yeah. your pay-per-view of the year? <clears throat> yeah, this was this was a tough one because I had a couple on there that I was like, yeah, I'm I'm 100 in on this pick. <clears throat> uh and I even got stuck with the conundrum of I had a show on here where realistically, like only one match is what you want to see from it, but that one match is kind of makes the entire pay-per-view worth it. Yeah. yeah. Which is, which which is insanity, right? <clears throat> um <clears throat> but for for me, um uh, at the number three, um I I was gonna put DPW Carolina Classic. Mm. <clears throat> it was a lot of fun, a lot of really good shows. And just something that I enjoyed basically all the way through. <laughs> that's that's really all I can ask for for it. Um, at the uh, at the two, uh, I went for um, AEW Revolution. Yes, I really like Revolution. I thought it was really good. Good range of matches. Good range of things. Was it long as hell? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Was it was it arguably too long? Also, yes. But I think that the quality of stuff on there, especially in terms of like going back to it, yes, while the length is a bit oppressive, it's it's certainly not the worst thing about the show. Exactly. I don't think it necessarily overstays its welcome too much. <laughs> and of the low points on the card, I think the high points are enough to justify balancing balancing everything out. Mm. <clears throat> uh, at the one, I was really stuck because there were two big events that kind of encapsulated a lot of the things I enjoy. Um, it was tough for me. Um, I know someone's going to come to me and say, why didn't you pick the other show that did a similar thing? But I am going to go for AEW Forbidden Door. 
Okay. Yeah. AWX New Japan Forbidden Door. I think maybe part of it for me is is legacy. Yes. It is the first time we've had two major promotions joined together in this modern era of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um the range of matches that we were able to see, the types of people we were able to see, then naturally is the hope that this will become a more regular thing. Does that kill its mystique a bit? Maybe. Mm. But I am happy that we got this. Was it everything that we wanted in every kind of match that we wanted? No. No. But were what we were given... That? Yeah, but what we were good. given in the context of the scale of everything and everything that's happening with injuries and... Um, Difficulty with people making the event. Politics I think as well. Is, yeah, I think is incredible. Yeah. I would again. I was stuck, and I am so sad that I was not able to. I. It sounds bad when I say I just felt like for me myself personally. I know a lot of people love Supercard of Honor. Mm-hmm. But for me, I couldn't put it on there. Yeah. Um. I also had TJPW Summer Sun Princess again. Brilliant show back to front. Um, there is one match which is a bit weak, which is, I mean, it's it, it's two relatively green wrestlers performing as the first match of the show. <laughs> um, I just feel like I hadn't engaged with it enough and the context around it to take in everything with it. Yeah. So, yeah, AEWX New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door is the number one pay-per-view of the year for me. Awesome. Great choices there. Um, Reardon. This is a very, very difficult, very, very difficult. As I honestly, honestly, I feel like I have enjoyed quite a few pay-per-views, but I feel like they've all had their, their caveats. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> which has always made it difficult. You know, I, it was like, it. I almost put this year's WrestleMania as my pay-per-view, but I didn't quite feel right. It mm-hmm. didn't just like, I feel like I enjoyed the matches more than the WrestleMania itself. Yeah. If that yep. makes sense. Mm. Well, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed, but again, there's a few caveats to that. Yeah. It's just, I don't, it was just a bit too damn long. <laughs> it just, it just, it just was. And I feel like that's knocked it down for me. <laughs> so in terms of the actual like full package and also having us having something that I have a pay-per-view that I haven't enjoyed in quite a while finally being good I'm gonna give it to SummerSlam 2022 you know what yeah solid choice solid choice summer this year's SummerSlam was actually very very good yeah you know no, I it's, mean? A good, it's a good pick you know and it, it had a lot riding on it it is. It was a. It was. It was a breath of fresh air, and also, finally, finally gave me what I, what I, and I think great a, a great number of people have been waiting on, which is Paul Heyman taking a bump from Brock Lesnar. <laughs> years in the making. Years in the making, and he got a proper bump. But I'm sorry, that takes it over the top with me. <laughs> Uh, you know what? It's crazy to think how good that pay-per-view was when you look at it, the context. That was the first WWE pay-per-view where Vince McMahon wasn't the CEO of the company. Yeah, the very first one. <laughs> Nuts, isn't it? Nuts yeah. everything uh, kind of went up a little bit fast when all of that happened. 
But no, good Just... choice there, Reardon. Quite like that one. I mean, of course, the forklift spot from the main event is also something to, also to behold. Out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unsung uh, bump of the year. <laughs> but no, great choices, fellas. Great choices. Okay, let's go for... Let us go for another silly one. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to bring back for the second year the Lindsay Dorado fuck around and find out award for absolutely clowning on someone. <laughs> and I've got no three to one on this one. For me, yeah, this is. You have to understand that this award is a unanimous decision by us. <laughs> it's the only award that gets this. <laughs> it's the only award that gets this one. I think we are sort of all in a kind of agreement. We've had we had differing ones. Yeah, but also, we should. We, I think the most common one that came we, up was yeah. this one. We, we should say this was a difficult year for this award. There's yes. been a lot of clownery this yes. year. <laughs> but for us, the award for fucking around and finding out goes to the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> now, people might look at us and say, Surely there are other people that are more deserving of this. And we should say this award is officially shared between the Wall Street Journal and also just Vince McMahon, the person. <laughs> but we we decided to do this award for, for this chain of events. Some might say feud, although I would argue it's much more one-sided than that. Yeah. I mean, um, hey, hey, just because it's a feud doesn't mean it has to be an equal one. This is true. Um, but I think the greatest summary we can give for this is that uh, Vince McMahon fucked around, and he did in fact find out, yep. courtesy of the Wall Street Journal. I mean, what can you say? What which, can you say? Which also, which also, most importantly, in amongst revealing a bunch of stuff about WWE's um, finances and business decisions, um, helped to really uncover the scale. Um, of the abuses that had taken place under mm. WWE and WWE management. And for that, we can, as fans, I think we should only ever be grateful to the Wall Street Journal for doing this. Yes. You did. They were the journalistic organization that were willing to hold WWE to, an, to account and did so and continue to do so. Exactly. Oh, yeah, we got to like, give it to them. Seems like all of the previous attempts when this had happened were kind of met with muted ears or it, it passed over the heads of a lot of people. But it, at last, I'm glad that someone, some outlet finally gave, uh, made a huge impact on it. Because, uh, you know, we, everyone from bloody, you know, publications to John Oliver has, has done their best to kind of go, hey, look, this company that you like actually is a bit shit. No, but I'm glad it was someone finally got finally. Someone made... finally did it. Yeah. Yep. Someone finally did it. You know, it was CM Punk's to lose, <laughs> and he lost. That's the it. thing. That is the thing. We we had we did have CM Punk and the Elite yeah. on this long list. Yeah. But we we had we had plenty of people in <laughs> in mind. In line I, to receive I, I will, this. Award. I will, I will honestly. Like, it, like, but this one, it, like, speaking for myself as part of Switching Around Podcast, I feel like it really came down to these two because, but it was like, on one hand, do we give this award as fans 
<laughs> or do we give it as the general mission statement and theming of our podcast? Yes. I feel it's the one. As fans, I would argue CM Punk would get it. Yeah. Because, yeah. Be- because of just so much on it. What a bizarre blame out of something that everyone had wished for. But as but as a podcast and as people, there is no other candidate that gets it other than Vince McMahon Wall Street Journal. Like it just <laughs> in good conscience, we cannot give it to anyone else. So <laughs> there's the re- award. There we go. Uh very well deserved. We shall find out if Vince McMahon goes two for two in the fuck around and find out award come 2024. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's get on to uh, a good one. Let's get on to best drip of the year. Who had the best gear in 2022? This one was actually a little bit easier for me than it had been in subsequent years because there had been a few people in particular that were really rocking gear in this year so at third place i've got a three to one at third place we have bianca belair come on mm-hmm. for just Strong obvious reasons yep. bianca's gear actually has gone has taken a massive upgrade i think this year especially during wrestlemania that that gear was awesome second place penta el zero mierdo outstanding pick again just having amazing entrance gear as well as wrestling gear in general um especially his stuff from triple r has been really cool to see and at number one not only for just having the best gear but for just dressing so well i think this man deserves first place and beyond ricky starks take a bow outstanding pick outstanding what a, pick what a guy what a guy um, <clears throat> especially his title uh, match gear as well against mjf at winter is coming was oh was so good so that is my best drip of the year it goes to ricky starks reardon who did you have for best drip of the year perhaps the single most competitive awards that we ever have on this show mm. honestly it was, it was it was a good year it was a good good year in, and for the longest time for the longest time i i had i was going to give it to becky lynch for rocking a for rocking a hairstyle that should not work in wrestlemania <laughs> and yet she fucking made it work yeah no it was a, a good 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 drip there However, I have to go with my heart, which means I must make a controversial pick. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm all ears. I like that this is the controversial one. This is the controversial category. Let's hear it. I will give it to Dominic Mysterio and the Ooh. mullet. <laughs> oh, the Eddie Guerrero moment. <laughs> the I'm your puppy look. Br- bringing back... The I'm your puppy mullet. Just incredible design. Every time you look at it, you hate it, and yet you love it. Oh, Everything God. that every uh, a, a character summed up in a single hairdressing style. 
<laughs> I like it. That mm. makes the, I honestly think makes the heel run. Yeah. I, yeah. There are better ones, but there are but I don't think 2022 had a more complete one. And mm. I've got to give it to Dominic Mysterio. Controversial? Yes, but I think I make a good case for it. <laughs> Outstanding choice. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> Alrighty, Dan. What have you got for us? Uh, well, I've done a three to one, <laughs> and at the three, uh, look. Sometimes the best fit is the simplest. Sometimes the best fit is the one that you know and the one that someone wears because they know you are going to hate it. <laughs> it is better the devil you know. At number three, I've gone for MJF. Yeah. yeah. You can't help but hate it. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is, and there's nothing you can do about it. At number two, a returning competitor to this category, a veteran of this category, if you will, has legacy in this category. <laughs> have to go consistent this year as well as last year made my list that year as well number two is seth rollins <laughs> god dang it he he is cornerstoned this he understands the impact he understands the importance and he has lived up to it going from special themed gear to just what he's wearing on tapings of like smackdown it's the Elton John gear that settled the that sealed the deal, wasn't it? For seconds, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Look, it's a simple it's a simple thing of look. If you're gonna be on TV, you want to make sure people notice you, and he is doing that. Are his fits the best? No, <laughs> <clears throat> but as I say, rest about a, th a good third of wrestling is just visuals. Yeah, mm -hmm. he understands the importance, but number one. The gear of the year, drip of the year. Look, sometimes the fit is just undeniable. It's Ricky Starks. What can I say? He's he's again though, but he he's he's getting like the rock with it. Yeah. Mm. He understands the importance. He's always looking fresh, always looking clean, always ready. It fits him so perfectly. What else can I say about it? What else can you say? He's wearing the $5,000 shirt, not the $500 shirt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, inflation is a right, thing. But they, yeah. might, they, might, they might just be the same money. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Ah, oh, great choices there across the board. In vain of drip of the year, let us get on to the best merch of the year. And for me, without question, it is only one I can only thought of one, and it's the only one that I can pick. I know it's the cliche choice, but there has not been a single piece of merch I have seen in the crowds of wrestling shows, really much since, dare I say, Bullet Club t-shirts that I have seen more. Yes, gentlemen, best piece of merch in the year 2022 goes to... Scissor me, daddy ass. Daddy ass, yes! That was my pick! <laughs> You know what? You know what? Yeah, I think this is unanimous. But yeah. but daddy with with an honourable mention for myself, just because I've been 
utterly obsessed with it ever since I've seen it. And I'm going to put this in the chat for you guys to see, which is the the AEW 2022 Summer Series beach towel of Nyla Rose. Oh gosh! Yeah, look at this. Hell yeah! That is actually an it is an underrated piece of, of merch. There, that is that is great. I, That's actually great. I did like. I saw it, and I just couldn't look away <laughs> for a good reason. It just. It's just a really good piece of merch. It's really, yeah, like, on it really it, is. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like they put just like a really nicely designed wall poster on a towel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just like it's just legitimately a solid piece of merch. So <laughs> if it wasn't for the fact that Sesame Daddy Ass existed. I honestly would give it to him. I don't him. even know how to describe it other than it's just a really good piece of graphic design on a towel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, right. My my thing as ever is we are in the year we were in the year 2022. We had the acclaimed being joined by of all people Billy Gunn. <laughs> all people. And yet we came out of this year for for ourselves as queer wrestling fans, seeing an entire crowd of people chant the words "scissor me, daddy ass." Personally, I see this as a win for the gays. Yes, I mean a hundred percent. Right, a hundred percent. This could have never happened before. Mm-hmm. Nor would I have ever expected it to happen. I would never have expected the phrase scissor me daddy ass to get as over as it is. But we're here. We are here. <laughs> it, is if, what, it if, is what it is, and it has become something even greater than it originally was. If, if, I think, personally, if Attitude Era Billy Gunn could see what he would become, he would weep tears of joy. Absolutely. And... As I said, we are we are here now, and I would argue that this piece of merch is just but a small part in a larger machine of why the acclaimed have become so loved this year. Yes, without question, without question. Well, I'm glad that that was unanimous. Honestly, I feel like if that's the only going to be the only unanimous one, that makes me very very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, let us get to the final two. I guess you would, or the final silly-ish one we have. Yep. The formerly known as Nick Khan WTF Award, but now we are calling it the WTF Award for moments that made us say, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> it's a snappy name, guys. I, I really like name. it. Holy snappy crap! Name. There are so many moments here that made. Oh me, what god! The fuck? My god. I, let me just say. I can. I, I want to leave mine to last because I guarantee no one's going to have gone down the same thought process as I have. <laughs> so I want mine to go last. <laughs> okay. So I've got a three to one, obviously. Uh, yes. Starting up third is Cody's return to the WWE. Considering what we had known of what Cody had been building up since 2016, we thought this was probably next to nigh on impossible to ever kind of happen. But lo and behold, we saw Cody Rhodes return to WWE at WrestleMania as the American Nightmare. 
Yeah. Yeah, and we thought that was probably gonna. Oh, even with the return of Steve Austin, we thought that was gonna be the only thing that was crazy. Oh, yeah. oh, but it got crazier. At number two, the fallout from All Out Twenty Two. <laughs> yes. What a clusterfuck. What an absolute clusterfuck of two weeks where we didn't know next to fucking nothing and we was just wondering what the hell is going the on only at thing AEW. I, the only thing I can say is literally just things were happening and then we just kind of like, okay, sure. <laughs> Especially with the media... Of course, the media scrum happening was one thing and, of course, CM Punk going on blast... For, for, for no discernible reason, it appeared. <laughs> and then, of course, finding out that there was a huge scuffle that happened straight afterwards. And then, of course, the repercussions of what, of what happened after that. All of it, all of it, all of it, in, in, like, encompassed here is my number two. <laughs> the before, the during, and the aftermath of the fallout from all that is my number two at number one and i think one that doesn't surprise a lot of people vince mcmahon's quote-unquote retirement <laughs> oh yeah yeah his okay. retirement as in we have a gun to the back of your head and are telling you 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 need to leave now <laughs> Because I don't think I think it took us all by surprise when I messaged you to him going fucking hell he's just tweeted that he's leaving. Yes. Yes. What a, I, way, what a way to do it on Twitter as well. I know, right? Uh, yeah, this is going to be God. What a competitive category this year. Jesus. Uh, right. Right. I think I'll just go for it. My what the fuck award for the moment that made. Migo, what the fuck? Oh man, there's so many. There's so many. Uh, almost similar to you. Almost similar to you, Sam. But I'm going to give it to CM Punk. But I'm going to give it to a very specific thing. Please let it be what I'm thinking of. I don't know. No, it's probably not. <laughs> oh, maybe. But I've... It's now actually, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a twofer. It's going to be tied, but in the same vein, it will be, it will be, the, it will be the fact that someone bit a, that someone bit a dog, mm-hmm. and also the fact that CM Punk, CM Punk was, CM Punk was let go by AEW. And the entirety of the wrestling community said, good. <laughs> that made me go, what oh, the how fuck the is going is. on? <laughs> that is... Like, even with Vince McMahon, he can't live forever. Right? Mm. I don't... That made me go, Jesus Christ. But... IWC going against CM Punk and for a company? Mm. Unfathomable. What the fuck? (laughs) I have to give it to him because that I felt was legitimately impossible. (laughs) No, you're right. That That is a very, very solid choice for those reasons. 
very, very solid just choice. For the, the fact that there's silence on this podcast, yes. like, yeah. No, but like, like, right. the thing about it is, though, right, is we went into all of this, right, with CM Punk, and we were like, oh my god, he is back. Like, what is going to happen? And then we get to the end, and just like, it is just like, forget burning bridges, mm. like, you burned the bridges and the land they were connected to. Some might even say, like, found a way to burn water. I mean, where's the lie? <laughs> yeah. This is this is this is the thing about it. And Sam, you doing that can lead on to me. Oh no! Oh, oh no! <laughs> because my number three is a separate thing from. Uh, AEW, which is, hey, in a year that everything, all of this stuff happened, do you remember the story that came about about Andrade wanting to beat the shit out of Sammy Guevara? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because what the fuck was that? <laughs> it was just like Andrade was on Twitter and was just like, I'll beat the shit out of him. <laughs> it was all just like, wait, what the fuck? Really, I would have, I would have put Andrade as a as as first place on the fuck around and find out award if it ha- if it won Honestly, for everything else. Honestly, it would have, it would have been a great pick because we were going. I was going through the what the fuck award, and initially my thought was, well, I don't want to put this moment in moment of the year, but I was like, oh, I could give the what the fuck award to like because I did go what the fuck to when, uh, and I was, I I have to keep doing Sammy Guevara, <laughs> um, did his bump off the top of Blood and Guts, yeah. Uh, then I had a moral conflict, and I'm not even joking about this. My brain had a moment where I was like, "Can I give an award to Sammy Guevara?" That's a separate thing. <laughs> but then I remembered about this story, where just out of nowhere, pr- what felt like completely unprovoked, but almost definitely wasn't. There was just a news story that apparently Andrade said he was going to beat the shit out of him, and that's not even the wackiest thing that's happened this year. <laughs> Which leads us to number two. Oh gosh. Which is the entirety of Ace Steel in AEW. <laughs> <laughs> this man was in the company for like a couple months, just yeah. like back in the backstage. <clears throat> he got one TV appearance, did like a weird kind of promo y thing with CM Punk. And then we found out that he literally bit a person. <laughs> yep. He bit Kenny Omega because he thought Omega was trying to attack CM Punk's dog, Larry. <laughs> when in actuality, uh, Kenny Omega was trying to take yeah, Larry to safety. He was trying to get the dog out of the mass of people who had started fighting in a locker room. <laughs> and then we found out he had gone. And again, I have to say, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> And now you're all wondering with number one, <laughs> because there are many different ways that I can think about what the fuck, as in like, oh my God, this is so surprising. or Oh my God, this is so crazy. <clears throat> but my what the fuck award for moments that made you go what the fuck is kind of like, um, as we've said before, it's kind of like a collective thing. <laughs> And that is Bobby Fish. Yes. Yes. Because first, what the fuck was that Impact promo? (laughs) 
<laughs> no, like generally, the, genuinely, no, though, genuinely, because I heard because I heard that Bobby Fish had appeared in Impact, and I was like, you know what? Cool for him, right? Mm. He's he's not doing stuff with AEW anymore. Apparently, he has problems. I think it was with CM Punk, right? Whatever. I had then heard that people were saying that it was it was bad. I then watched it, and what the fuck? What the fuck? I watched it, and I saw a crowd. I saw him try and talk to a crowd, do the, but where's the lie? And no one responded. <laughs> People weren't even angry at it. Yeah. They would just did nothing. And then I would like to remind people that in the year of 2022, this man had a boxing match on the same card as Floyd Mayweather versus KSI's brother Deji. <laughs> Where he tried to do a take, a double leg takedown, may I add. I want to stress, this man started the motion for a fucking Northern Lights in the middle of a boxing match. Again, I have to stress, what the fuck is this man? <laughs> Genuinely, what the fuck? I was tempted to just give it to the promo. Yeah. Because genuinely, like, I have no idea what that it, what that was, what it was meant to be, or anything. It was just awful. And then I decided, you know what? This man boxed on the same card as Deji, so it has to go to him because genuinely, in a year of weird shit in wrestling, I feel like that actually takes the cake for me. <laughs> where's the lie? <laughs> but where's the lie? You know what? You know what? You make a very good point. I think I think Dan's got this one, honestly. I think that yeah, that I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Oh, alrighty then, let us get on to the main awards and we start with quite possibly our most important and prestigious award. Yes, it is the third Jeff Jarrett Award for people who keep coming up in conversation slash episodes for whatever reasons. Boy, we had a lot of people come up in conversation, but there was one person in particular right at the tail end of the year that just pipped everyone to the post. And for me and for everyone listening, you probably figured out who that might be. So let's go from three to one for me. At third place for me, the one, the only, the late and great Antonio Anoki. Came up yep. in quite a conversation quite a bit this year for me, <laughs> and especially in the lead up, of course, to his um his uh his passing uh, at the end of last year. At number two, and a person who would have been at number one, Vince McMahon, <laughs> for obvious obvious reasons. Um, of course, his again quote unquote retirement. The Gonzo batshit insane stuff that came out about him um, mm -hmm. during his in, during the investigation, and of course, if no one's seen it, the Nine Lives of Vince McMahon documentary that Vice put out quite recently. It was in fact one of the documentaries of all time. Exactly, exactly. But at number one, we had a lot of people up for contention on this. We had CM Punk. We had the Elite. We had uh, we had Larry the Dog at one point. We had Tony Khan. <laughs> But I feel that number one for a man who came in and slapped nuts. Yes, Jeff Jarrett wins the Jeff Jarrett Absolutely. Award. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> because, I mean, oh, are you in agreement with that, Reardon? 
Oh, absolutely. That was <laughs> because, my pick. That was right. my pick. Un- until about like October, mm. my front runner was Booker T. <laughs> yeah. Because we've had to have so many conversations about things that Booker T has said. <laughs> <laughs> this man has become like the the skip bayless of wrestling like the <laughs> ultimate bad take machine yeah skip bayless right I like that. i even i even had briefly overtaking him culminating in, in an episode happening about him terry funk yes i mean terry funk's a fixture over here yes right yeah. yes but then in the year of our Lord 2022, the King of the Mountain returned and made his appearance in AEW. And as I can confirm right now, is a tag champion in AEW. For all of that two minutes. Or was it or did he or did he win it at Battle of the Belts? I forgot. I have no idea. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. I saw Jeff Jarrett lifting gold in a promotion in 2022. <laughs> and also- for that. Also, listen, he has to take the award. So listen up, slap nuts. Let's not forget as well that he was part of the world of the most of the car of the worst. If we had a worst match of the year, the worst match of the year that was the car crash of Ric Flair's last match. He was involved in that. He was a referee. <laughs> I believe SummerSlam. Yeah, SummerSlam. Yep. It's to Jeff Jarrett did everything and then some this year, and it could not this have gone to got, anyone else. This man got yeah. a job as like the the like the head of the um, live events department in, in WWE, then just disappeared and then appeared in AEW. The man talk about my world. <laughs> it's time to leave his mark. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett wins the Jeff Jarrett Award because, of course, he did in 2022. I I believe he is now officially a two-time winner. Yeah, he is a two-time <laughs> winner. Good on you, Jeff. Please don't sue us. Uh, <laughs> let us then get on to our main ones. Let us start with the breakout star of 2022. Two again, so many great wrestlers coming up and coming out, and a lot of people breaking into the scene, especially in the two big companies. For me, it was a fairly easy one to pick out, and I have a four to one instead of a five to one. Ooh, okay. I really couldn't pick any. I couldn't really get a number five in this. So starting at number four, a choice that I don't think a lot of people are gonna uh, gonna expect, and one that probably take a lot of people by surprise. Michael Oku is at number yeah, four. He had a pick. tremendous year this year and has really been absolutely killing it, not only in Rev Pro, but also making appearances here and there in New Japan. Michael is a bloody good wrestler. And in, of course, in a scene in this country that has been all but, uh, well, it all is but a- scorched <laughs> It is one of the wrestling scenes in the in the world. Exactly. Yeah. Michael has been one that has actually been quite a champion of of this scene. So if they, if if anything, he's uh I hope to God that he's one of the good ones. That's all I'll say in that regard. Uh, Michael, even though he's been around for a few years at this point, he did really have a good year this year. So I feel he he deserves number four. At number three, Kid Bandit. 
what Great else pick. can I say about Kid Bandit other than what an incredible debut year for a wrestler to to be kind of shut up into popularity as fast as they did and have some really solid matches with a lot of a lot of talented people. Main highlight like for anime. me. Them versus Malachi Black was a great match. It was. Again, um, people people like anime, people like spooky shit, okay? Exactly. Exactly. And putting them two together. Yeah, exactly. Kid Bandit. Uh, at number two, and again, uh, some one that I don't think a lot of people would expect uh, uh, so high, but one that I couldn't deny as well because of a great match that they had in DPW. Jay Malachi. It's insane that Jay Malachi is like 18. Exactly. Ridiculous. It blows my like fucking it, it, mind. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's so damn stupid that he is that talented, that young, and I hate him so much for being 18. <laughs> Honestly. He had a terrific year in DPW, and I only hope his year and he it goes gets to go further into more and more companies. But for me personally, there is only one person who deserves Breakout Star of the Year for being able to not only go over to ex to an excursion in America, but to get over in the way that he absolutely did. We all, if you are a fan of DDT Pro, you have known this man for years, as have I, and he's probably one of my favorite wrestlers to ever come out of DDT Pro. But for me, he is absolutely, in terms of breaking out into the US, he deserves this. It's Kanosuke Takeshita, without yeah. question. He has See, been the star of 2022. If I say this was one that I had debated, but I felt it was like with the first year we did this, and I said, I felt bad about calling Eddie Kingston a breakout star. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I felt equally bad about calling Konosuke Takeshita breakout star. Because <laughs> basically, it's one of those things of, if you've been about DDT, then you know. You know how good he is. Mm. And to see him do that on a higher stage now is incredible. Especially, uh, as I said, especially given that he is a Japanese wrestler in an American company where they have been very notorious. I am looking at you, Vinny Russo, for, for really playing into the stereotype of, of Japanese people. The, f the fact that he's broken out in such a way that he has shows you that you cannot deny that man's talent. Absolutely not. And has one of the cleanest looking blue thunder bombs about. Exactly. So that's Which my... now is officially called the Cinnabomb. Exactly. I, which I, I love so much. Incredible. <laughs> because of his addiction to Cinnabon. But that's mine. Um, Reardon, who's your breakout star of 2022? I'm this category so far that it fucking breaks. Go for it. But I don't give a fuck. It's Sting. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go that far. However, for a man who has basically gone, fuck it, I am going to take, I am going to control the conversation as much as humanly goddamn possible before and after the feud, I don't give a fuck anymore. My breakout star goes to Sami Zayn. <laughs> Again, this this was one of those things that I was like, you know what? It it it's a valid pick. Mm. I don't 
I wouldn't like doing it myself, but I can understand the energy behind it. Like, we've had some really good new up-and-comers, but in terms of someone who's just like, no, 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 you don't understand, you will pay attention to me now. <laughs> I mean, again, let's, 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 let's bring up the trajectory from... Um. The weird kind of like anti-corporate thing they had going at the start, which WWE were never really behind, to the WrestleMania match with Johnny Knoxville to uh, feeling oozy. <laughs> He's not been feeling very oozy. Just, yeah, man. I I can't. There's no one else who just comes to mind. <laughs> I can appreciate and respect that choice, Raiden. So there we go. Dan, who have you got? You see, this is this is this is tough now because I had a name on my list that I thought was that was an immediate shoe in for someone to say. <laughs> so I'm just gonna say them now and then just treat that as like a supplemental. This person should almost definitely be here, which is Wheeler Utah. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Um <clears throat> the reason he didn't make my list is that personally I see his breakout moment as being the uh, IWTV match title match against I, Daniel Garcia. I, I agree, hence why he was not on my <clears throat> list as well. That was my breakout, that was what I feel is his breakout moment. Obviously then he's gone to AEW and then done the uh, BCC and all of that. Mm-hmm. Brilliant wrestler. Absolutely deserving of this spot. Um, <clears throat> for my list, uh, at the free, I've gone for Billy Starks, purely uh, purely yeah. off the basis that uh, she had her Japan debut with TJBW. Mm-hmm. Uh, impressed throughout that run um and as far as i'm aware tjpw are invested in getting her back for another excursion tour uh at the two uh, i have gone for azumi uh speaking of people who are insanely young it's insane to think that she's 20 yeah she's 20 yeah. years old and is near and nearing up the top of um one of the most respected um women's wrestling probably the most respected women's wrestling promotion in the world yeah. Um she had an absolute storm of a match with um SLK this year. Mm. Um and that's not even accounting for the other wealth of work that she had done in um stardom this year. <clears throat> I mean if we could talk about that, you can talk about, about the match against Mesaruga. Um just insane insane quality, insane output this year. Yeah. Um, I I wouldn't be sh- I wouldn't be surprised if maybe coming up this year or next year, um, you know we're see- we're seeing um, a real big time thing, and like a a really highly rated match between like her and Shuri or something like that. Yeah, honestly, it's it's insanity. <laughs> Twenty years old, and the fact that she's been wrestling since she was eleven, that's mind blowing. Yeah. That's there's some part of me that's going. Mm, maybe she would have been perfect in the UK scene at that point. Ugh. No, yeah, that that is that is in fact a comment. Yes, that is. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> again, I feel weird making this decision for my number one, <clears throat> and the reason for that is because I again in my head I feel like he's too old, <clears throat> but. <clears throat> For my for my number one pick for breakout star of the year, 
And to be fair, I could have probably just put him in my wrestler of the year list, but it probably would have been more of like a my favorite wrestlers of the year list rather than what mm. I think who I think has done like the best output. <laughs> and that goes to L Linderman. L Linderman, what? Because what a yeah. fucking year he has had this year. Oh man, if there is one company in Japan that you should have been watching, or at least if you could get access to, it's Glate. Glate has but, been but the thing is, amazing. We talk about we talk about access. Their shows are up on YouTube exactly. for free. Exactly. Exactly. You just gotta find it. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, I wouldn't call him too old. He's twenty-seven. Yeah, <laughs> that's he's, not he's, old by his long. He's twenty. Shit. He's twenty. He's twenty-seven. <laughs> Obviously, in the context of people that I'm talking about, like users about the say a bit. I think they're year younger than me. Mm. Uh, Billy Starks and Azumi are both around the same age, so twenty-seven feels old in contrast. <laughs> mm. But I mean. <clears throat> For for him to go through with Great, with Shima, and establish that as it is, step up as G Rex champion. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and have the run and have some of the matches that he has had, obviously, uh one that I will bring up in my match of the year list. It's I, long list, not on my top three. I imagine <clears throat> it's the exact same match that I've got down as well. <laughs> Almost definitely. Uh to go through that, um, his run within New Japan as well this year caught a lot of eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, just brilliant wrestler. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely just brilliant wrestler and someone that I feel more people need to know about, more people need to see, and again, more people need to check in with Great. Also, he is he is a wide boy. He is a wide boy if you ever look he is at him. He's a wide yet surprisingly short boy. Yeah. He is built like a fridge. That's <laughs> what Elden Demand is. Um, without question. Now, great choice. Great choice there, Dan. <sighs> great choices all across the board, if you ask me. Alrighty then. Best moment of the year. I have a three to one for this one. Because uh, there have been a lot of moments and I couldn't really narrow it down to one. But I've gone for the cliche choice at number one. For the choice that I think a lot of people would have gone for. So at number three is Jamie Hayter winning the AEW Women's Championship. The reason I put this mm-hmm. up so high, it's about freaking time if you ask me. Yep. Uh, Jamie Hayter uh, is one of the absolute damn best wrestlers in mainstream professional wrestling going today and i'm so happy that she is now women's champion am i still a little bit ick that they've kind of gone in a bit of a stalling moment where she's still siding with brit breaker at this moment um yes to a certain extent but i feel that it might i'm hoping that it leads to a brit versus jamie match uh down the yeah. line where there's like dissension in the ranks and both of them have splintered off one another or at least brits become jealous of jamie's success that sort of thing. Looking forward to seeing that eventually happening. At number two, Eddie Kingston versus Jun Akiyama at full gear. What yeah. an amazing feel-good moment for all of us professional wrestling fans, for us fans of Eddie Kingston, for us fans of all Japan pro wrestling and the King's Road style. I couldn't put a moment in this match, like pick a specific moment. It was just this match and everything it encompassed. It is a match that I've been wanting to see for the longest time. And when something like this actually came to fruition where the relationship between DDT and AEW was formed. I think that's like, well, there's no, there's, it's just a question of when, not if now at this point. And I'm so glad that Eddie got it because 
I would go as far as to say that this was probably mostly, I think, for bias and a bit of and, and a bit of pulling up my heartstrings, my favourite match from the uh, from the entire pay per view, and it was on the pre show as well, which is even more insane just to think about. <laughs> but at number one, and I think there's a choice a lot of, as I said, a lot of people are going to go for. And again, it ended up being on my WTF uh, 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 awards as well. Cody's return to WWE. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, as I said, a lot of people are going to pick it. I know, and for me, I would have picked Eddie versus Jun at number one. But the reason I picked this for number one is pure and simple. It was the pure what the fuck moment that happened. It was the uh, ovation Cody got. It was the. Um, it was the match itself. Wasn't the great? I was going to say it's not as good as most people thought it thought it was. Great match, but not as good as I think most people make it out to be. And Cody's subsequent um, matches afterwards, of course, it was a very short run, and then he t- t- tore um, his pectoral muscle in the oh that bruise as well from Hell in a Cell. Oof. Um, Cody's return, just in general, I think, is a moment that uh, it, that will live for quite a while uh in in this year um it'll be interesting to see what he does in 2023 if they can ride on the success of the hype and the absolute the massive ovation that cody got upon his return it'll be interesting to see reardon what have you got moments 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 so many good moments. <laughs> so many that stick out to me. So I put, I think one moment that is going to, with all of the, it, it was a weird and windy road. <laughs> but I'm going to give the best moment to MJF finally gaining, being the champ, being crowned as the guy in AEW full gear. Solid choice. Solid choice, if you ask me. And, also, and William Regal turning heel for five minutes and then disappearing. That was weird. But, <laughs> but it was a, I think that is the moment. And a very, very fascinating match in general mm. with an almost with almost a double with almost a double turn in terms of heel face. Yeah. It's a very interesting match just in general. And I think the match that sticks out to me as the moment of 2022, something's finally happening. <laughs> and the future of AEW looking very fascinating. Indeed. I absolutely agree with you on that one. Great choice. Great choice. Dan. So when it came to moment of the year, <clears throat> I it's kind of weird. I had like two moments that like dominated it for me, and then like the third space, I was a bit like, I have no idea what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, for the number three, I think this is gonna seem weird, which is, I'm gonna say, my number three is seeing Stone Cold again. <laughs> very fair. No, very fair. Because it just felt surreal. Like, I knew it was a possibility, but it still felt wrong. And I'm, I can't lie, I'm still very conflicted about it. Mm. There's a lot of conflict in my head about it. Mm. Um, at the two, 
uh, I have gone for the acclaimed winning the AEW tag titles. Just because for, for me, it represents something so powerful. Yeah. It is something so cool to me to see. <laughs> and just like seeing the seeing these two guys who were originally like just like oh we'll bring him on for dark and now oh my god okay people love them and max caster was like used to be a lot worse and now he's gotten a lot better and now we're at the point that we are now yeah yeah the mainstay of the division it's so cool to see uh my number one though my moment of the year yes there are there are people winning titles. <laughs> there are people returning. There are great moments. But sometimes moments don't need to be glorious. Ooh. Sometimes moments need to stick with you. Yeah. And the moment that stuck with me was seeing Eddie Kingston shamble down a ramp carrying a gas canister yes. dripping yes. with blood. Yeah, yes. in the arena. Ah, oh. because of all the things that have happened in wrestling, and as a person that watches death matches and has watched quite a few this year, as a person that has watched the Cody return, the moment with Cody at Hell in a Cell, nothing connects with me as viscerally as that moment of seeing Eddie Kingston appear at the top of the ramp. Yeah. It is a feeling of seeing death walk towards you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It yeah. is a feeling of like impending doom. It had a very similar feeling to me as you know when you're playing Resident Evil for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And it does the cutscene of the zombie turning around. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No, you hit exactly. that moment. And you get an entire sense about who this person is. He is so committed to his objective that it goes beyond the actual aim of the match. <laughs> he is there. He is there for vengeance. And he is there to go to the ring and exact it on who he needs to. <laughs> yeah. And no. that is a powerful moment. Yeah. Yeah, you damn really good right. choice. That's a really good choice. You damn man. right. <laughs> damn right. Very good choice. Very good choice indeed. Alrighty. We are down to three more. It is best match of the year. I feel like I keep saying this. A lot of competitors. There are some really, really solid matches this year. And it was really hard for me to decide which ones were good. But I think... I have got my four. I hope I've got my four anyway. So, at number four. Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn at WrestleMania 37 night one. Based pick. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, I don't care what anyone say. says. Genuinely, probably the best match of the entire two nights of WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so let's be serious. At number three. El Linda Man. Versus Shigehiro Array from Glate G version 25. Yes. Cool. So so I had this match on my long list. It made it it made it in at number five. Mm. 
and it's oh, it's so good. This match fucks, and it's available for free <laughs> on YouTube. This match, I saw. I was watching it live. This match fucks so it does. much. It is an amazing, hard hitting match, and really a great introduction if you want to get into Glate a little bit more. Cannot recommend this match enough. Yeah. At number two, AEW Anarchy at the Arena. Yep. Again, for for such a, a match that could have been an absolute clusterfuck, I can't help but think that this match was an absolute just diamond mine full of great moments. Um, no, as no, you said, really probably, is. and it also got your best moment of the year, which I can't argue with on that one. Uh, but at number one, one that I definitely, if you can find it, I definitely highly recommend that you watch it because for me, it encompassed everything that I loved about professional wrestling this year with two people that I honestly think are two of the absolute best wrestlers going today. And that is Kazusada Higuchi versus Konosuke Takeshita at DDT, who's gonna top. An absolutely tremendous kod championship match without question no it's a it's a it's a brilliant match it's it's incredible it's got so many amazing spots and maybe the reason i've got it so high here is that they do replicate the nigel mcginnis brian danielson um ring post spot but higuchi no sells it <laughs> what a guy because you know f- former sumo man fuck you i fuck your ring post <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's a it's a it's a brilliant shout i mean to be fair we talk about we talk about all of this and we got to talk about, we can talk about higuchi and his quality over this year oh i will i will get on to my on to that you trust yeah. me i will get on to higuchi's talent and his, his contribution to this year without question so those are my picks for best match of the year reardon what have you got as best match of the year there's only one there's only one that there were some really, really, really good matches this year. As you know, they often are. <laughs> the, like I can I can't think of a time where there has literally been no good matches. Yeah. So there's only one match for me. And that is Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch, night one of WrestleMania 38. And good pick. Just just Two women at the fucking peak of their powers having a barnstormer of a match, end-to-end, entrance-to-exit, culminating in in a fucking great botch (laughs) (laughs) where Bianca Belair gets a fucking eye swollen but still finishes the match looking gangbusters. Just fucking excellent. Just excellent. Uh, but however, I will give um, I will give the runners up to to Chris Jericho, Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, and Sammy Guevara. Having a really fucking great match, mm. where Claudio kept reminding people that he was in the match, and by reminding people, he was hitting the fuck out of them. <laughs> Love that match, and if it wasn't for the fact that the Bianca Belair match existed, that would be my match of the year. Mm. No, great pick, great pick. <clears throat> um, for mine, at the uh, I mean, so to talk about the ones on the long list, obviously, El Linderman versus Shigehiro Irie from yep. Great, brilliant match. Uh, at the four, 
um, I had John Moxley versus Biff Busick from GCW Bloodsport. <sighs> that was our, that, if I had a number that, five, <clears throat> that would have been number five. <laughs> that match basically sells that Bloodsport pay that Bloodsport pay per view. Yeah, because basically the rest of the matches are neither here nor there, and yeah. you know. People are people, and certain people are on there that you don't want to see. Exactly. But that one match is is brilliant. Uh, to go to my free, I've gone for Calvin Tankman versus Jay Malachi from DPW Fire because this match kept me engaged basically since it was released on YouTube. Yeah, that was big. That would have been my number six. <laughs> I I love this match so much. If not for the shit talking, if not for Calvin Tankman just being an absolute unit, it's brilliant. <laughs> Shout out to Calvin Tankman. <clears throat> Uh, at number two, uh, I have with my one match that got in past the first of December, <laughs> and that was the twenty nine twelve Shuri Julia match. Yeah, this match is special. This this match, match is, is awesome. something special. It is so good. <laughs> it is just it. It feels like it is stardom. Yes. It's the only way I can describe it. Which has not been stardom for a little while, <clears throat> if you ask me. Like, last year, last year, we were blessed with Shuri Utami. Now we have Shuri Julia. Just the top of that, the top of their card is going insane. Yeah. It, 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 it's crazy. <laughs> this, this match is so good, and I highly recommend it. For my number one match, though... <clears throat> This is a match that, if you look at it, and this is going to be an important thing, if you look at it in the lens of a traditional Western wrestling match, you will hate it. <laughs> but if you take this match for what it is, and you think about the Japanese style, and the Japanese kind of, I hate to say philosophy about wrestling, but you mm. understand what I mean, the thought process. Yeah you will get so much out of this match because it is what I what I mean when I say that there is beauty in violence, that there is glory in pain, and that is El Desperado versus Jun Kasai from Takataichi Despermania. You know what? What an incredible choice. That match Because this match fucks. is fucking beautiful. Yeah. It... If you approach this as like a normal wrestling match, <laughs> you will hate it. <laughs> because you will see them do one count kickouts and uh, keep kicking out after they've been dropped on their head on a board which has saws, forks, and like being put into tables with razor blades on them. This match revels in excess. <laughs> but when I tell you that this match and the subsequent moments afterwards mm. are genuinely fucking poetic, and that basically the entire summary of this match is, the it, it sounds cliche, but of going even further beyond. And it is beautiful in its execution. Yeah. I just so highly recommend this people. It is not for the faint of heart. Mm. You will see people beaten up 
bloodied and battered and you'll have to look at Junkasai's scarred body for the re- for the entirety of the yeah. match. There's nothing I can do about that. I'm sorry. But if you are able to stick it out, you will see something honestly quite beautiful. And I comes at the highest recommendation. Great, great choice. Great choice. And especially because of the post-match um, promo that Kasai and Desperado had. Um, yes. was a really like really heartfelt promo from Kasai as well. So no, I can absolutely understand you going for that one. That was definitely in my top 10 for sure. Yeah. Great choices across the board, everyone. I love that. So penultimate award, the best tag team of the year. Special shout outs for me. Go to the Usos, go to the Acclaimed, and add a push, the Elite as well, and the Lucha Brothers as well. But I got it down to three teams. At number three, violence is forever. Dominic Mm -hmm. Greeny and Kevin Koo have been on an absolute tear in the American Indies and beyond actually this year. They have really established themselves as a force to be reckoned with. And I, I, as, as a fan of both men in, in their singles careers, they are tremendous, but put them together and they are just, oh, they are just freaking art. <laughs> they really are. I'm so happy to see that VIF are still absolutely kicking it and absolutely taking the scene by storm. And heck, if we can get if we can get a VIF versus FTR match I, uh, this year, I would not complain in any way, shape or form. <laughs> now, at number two, I was really, really really considering putting them at number one and they would have taken my number one for a second year but number one for me their presence not only in america but across the world can't go unstated so i put them at number one but number two i have astronauts what a year they've had as well in japan again just being the tag team and having tremendous matches back and forth. Matches that have gone quite under the scope for a lot of wrestling fans. So if you can find them, I cannot recommend you just go and watch Astronauts in 2022 enough. Yeah, I haven't watched enough of them this year. But the most obvious choice, and I think it's probably going to be the most obvious choice, they're probably going to pop up in our tag team of the years in whatever order we have them. FTR's year was 2022. And no one can deny that. <laughs> FTR were incredible this year. <laughs> and the and the strangest thing as well, they weren't even AEW Tag Team Champions. It's what a year that Dax and Cash have had. Great matches across the board, not only in AEW, but in RRR, in Ring of Honor, and in New Japan. I would go as far as to say, um, if I had to pick a top 10, the Briscoes and FTR's first encounter definitely would have been in that top 10 for sure. They are, without question, the tag team of the year. Where do they go from here now? Who knows? But I am excited to see what they get up to this year, without question. FTR, man. (laughs) Reardon. You know, my 
tag team of the year is a tag team that you put as the runners up. But I'm sorry, they're my own of the year. It's the acclaimed. Straight up, yep. hands down. No arguments for me. <laughs> From a tag team which I I just heard about and I was like, Sisame, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and then you watch and you're like, oh, that's what the fuck is going on. Oh, oh, they're incredible. Well, isn't this nice? Yes. <laughs> just, I, you know, I don't think there's much that needs to be said about the acclaimed. They're the fucking acclaimed. So they get my acclaim and my award. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't deny you for that one, really. acclaims, man. Like, <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> no, nothing at all. It's figures an inspired choice. An inspired choice. Dan, who have you got? <clears throat> Uh, at the number three, I have gone for Finances Forever because they've basically been the independent wrestling tag team this mm. year. Uh, at number two, I've gone for the Usos because, I mean, the Bloodline storyline is still going yeah. and the Usos are still a big part of it. Yep. Uh, and at number one, I have gone for FTR. Hey. They are, they are your, your tag team's favorite tag team, yep. if you will. Bret they have Hart's been everywhere, and they have done everything out there at this point this year. Has it been the most incredible year? Maybe not, mm. despite all the titles and everything. But ugh, this, I just feel like I had to put them. Yeah, it's just without questions. Like, and with again, with such a great year, such a such an iconic, very eventful year for them. It'll be interesting to see what happens with them this year. Mm-hmm. Without question. Great choice there, Dan. Great choice, Reardon, as well. Alrighty. It's the one. It's best wrestler of 2022. And I have a top five for this, gentlemen. It was pretty... I mean, it was pretty difficult to, 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 to narrow down. Because this year has been such full of peaks and troughs that I had to go back and really look through those moments and those peaks and troughs to really narrow it down to who had the best year and who was really shining the most out of this year. Special shout-outs and special mentions go to Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. To a lesser extent, CM Punk. There, I said it. Because he did have quite a great year up until that point. No, it's valid. It's valid. Handman Page as well, mm-hmm. and to Brian Danielson. Yeah, he didn't make my top five this year. Again, it was. It's been. It's been a year. It has been a very. I mean, if it were a top ten, Danielson would have been six. <laughs> yeah. So at number five, it should not come as much of a surprise. Again, for the third year running, actually no, second year running, I should say, Eddie Kingston. Oh no, third year running for me. No, it would be. Eddie Kingston is in my top five. He is at number five. Um, again, the man is consistent. He is always on top form. Even when he's not being put in the best of positions, he's still making the best of those moments. Of course, mm-hmm. we've got the Eddie versus Jun match. Anarchy in the arena, which led to probably, as you said, one of the most iconic moments I think AEW has had in a very, very long time. His promo work is absolutely still second to none. And with the way they've gone about it, 
if they do it right, if they do it in at all as well, yeah, and they do it well, Eddie Kingston could be AEW champion by the end of 2023. If done, no, absolutely, right. absolutely. I would love to see it. It would be a great way. It would probably be the best person to a Yonkers man knocking off someone from Long Island. (laughs) That is also very true. (laughs) At number four, Jamie Hayter. For me, I mean, a lot of women in stardom and a lot of women in TJDPW absolutely deserve to be in uh, in contention as well. And yeah. there are a few, and there are at least five of them uh, from TJBW in stardom that are in my top twenty-five for this year. But Jamie mm-hmm. Hayter was just firing on all cylinders this year, and you could not deny her going for the of getting the title without question. She has had amazing matches. Her promo work has been stellar. Like she's really, really gotten good with her promo work. And just her matches as well. Like, the match she had with Hikaru Shida just recently was amazing. <laughs> so, no, Jamie Hayter is at number four with that for me. At number three, Kazusada Higuchi, the current KOD champion for DDT Pro. Man who is probably was probably at that time one of my favourite mem- fav- my favourite member of Eruption as well. But he has had one hell of a 2022 winning the KOD the King of DDT tournament uh, in 2022 to become the open weight champion he ended up having tremendous matches not only with Jun Akiyama but he ended up facing off against his former teammate Yukio Sakaguchi which I cannot recommend you go watch because that match you don't um, you don't need to know the context of it but you can feel the emotion from both of them in that match absolutely outstanding of course as well there was the amazing match who's going to top against uh, Takeshita as well that man has been on has been as it's just been on such a roll and if you are a fan or a little bit intimidated by going deep going deeper into the world of professional wrestling if you're a casual fan DDT put their matches up on YouTube for free not all of them but they do usually post some of them and i recommend that you go back and if you can find 2022 matches with higuchi in them go watch it you will not be disappointed he always brings it and i cannot wait to see what he does for ddt in 2023 hell i can't wait to see if he goes up against eddie kingston in aew because that's who eddie wants next at number two is sammy Zayn. He has been the best wrestler in WWE this year. So much so that they could not deny him being the best part of the bloodline. Being the honorary member, the honorary Oos. And going from having an amazing match with Johnny Knoxville to then being the most popular member of the bloodline in a single year. Now, Sammy's Sammy's just been amazing amazing and it's amazing how far that man's come being touted as the man to take over from where el generico once stood i hope el generico is doing well in that orphanage in tijuana by the way but at number one should come as no surprise to, to, to anyone and a person again who has won it for me for the second time 
John Moxley had 2022 by the horns. John Moxley was my favourite wrestler of this year. And considering that he had just, you know, of course, you know, uh, recovered and come out of rehab at the end of 2021, to come back and not only look 10 times healthier than he did before he went into rehab, but again, just kind of finding this new, like this new second wind of his to go on and have incredible matches, not just in AEW, but in New Japan and in, of course, Bloodsport and GCW. That man, without question, again, and when he should have been having a holiday, carried AEW on his freaking back. <laughs> And so that, for me, with his great work, his great promos, the Blackpool Combat Club being probably one of the best factions of this year. Yeah, John Moxley's my favourite wrestler of the of best wrestler of 2022, without question. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's me. But what about you two? Um, uh, this I had to really ruminate on this. I had to really think of it's because it's not just about the best matches, although obviously that helps. It's not about the best promos. For me, this came down to which wrestler showed up and instantly made a match or a moment or just a show that little bit better every time. So, despite him not getting on any other any other award for me for 2022, I have to give the award to him, and that man is Eddie Kingston. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah. Was he the best in? F- was he the best in every single scenario? No. Was he the best in many matches? No. Every single moment and match that he was in in 2022 would have been missing something if he wasn't there. Correct. What a year for him. Yeah. A year he just went from strength to strength to strength. And I think, and I honestly can't think of any other wrestler that really did that. Sami Zayn is close, honestly. Mm. Sami Zayn is very, very close. But I think Eddie Kingston just has that, just that slight edge. You know what's great to see, right? I love this character arc of Reardon going from breakout being Eddie Kingston to now Eddie Kingston being best wrestler. Honestly, (laughs) I love it so much. (laughs) It's like, what can I say? What can I say? He was, because he was my breakout last year, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And now he's wrestler of the year. Who knows what heights he will get to in 2023. I cannot wait to see it. Eddie Kingston, you are my wrestler of the year. Congratulations. <laughs> Doing Yonkers proud, partner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Partner. Um, honestly, when it comes to mine, I'm going to keep it relatively short. That's both because... Yeah. Time constraints or everything in real life, <laughs> um, and also, and also because honestly, going off what everyone else had to say, I don't really have a whole lot else to say. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I 
kind of had like a, a, a three to one. It was just kind of a mix of people. I had two and one set. Yeah. And then like the third spot was kind of nebulous. Um, <clears throat> all in all, I decided to go for MJF at the three. Mm. It was it again. Was it his greatest year? No, he was missing for a lot of the year. Yes. But I mean, since he's come back, he's done brilliant work and we basically just returned to exactly the same. Mm. That kind of ability to reset yourself and just jumping to it. Yes. Um, is honestly kind of remarkable for me. <laughs> I mean, he sits among a list of people that include like Jamie Hayter, um, SLK. Um, there's so many people yeah. in there that I can't even begin to finish off naming at the two uh i have gone for julia because god what a year she's had in stardom without question um stepped from the top to the top of the top quality matches all over um basically a leading light for that promotion for stardom um a leading light for women's wrestling right now um everything that she is doing right now um is awesome. She's got a great group of people around her, including people like Tekla, um, which is again better, even better. And just, I mean, even now we're at, we're at the point now where she's been with Stardom for a good two, three years, but she's still improving even more. Mm-hmm. And you know, you can you can just look to so many different things, to just see how much. The thing is, I think people might look at her and think, oh, has she actually stepped up? But the thing is that she's at such a high skill floor that her improvements, though, like, small, you don't see how far they take you, if that makes sense. Yeah. it's You know what? It's very similar to Daniel Garcia's year last year. Yeah. Like, she's she's just done so well from last year she continued building on it this year capping off the year with two absolutely outstanding matches with shuri yeah um just remains to be seen what comes for 2024 and the rest of this year um and just i hope for for even more even though the main focus of Japanese women's wrestling is but firmly back on like Kyrie and the new NG, the new the IWGP women's yeah don't discount Julia one day. Mm-hmm. But my number one, I think, speaks for himself. It's John Moxley. Oh. That man has done... When we talk about work rate, we know anything about work rate just in terms of what they do in the ring. And John Moxley is a not the highest work rate wrestler. Mm. But when it comes to work rate as in doing wrestling... <laughs> <laughs> I think we can firmly say John Moxley's had quite a bumper year. Yeah, it's it's undeniable. <laughs> Including in two missed holidays. Yes, which because, he deserves. Because the company holidays. he works because the company he worked for briefly decided to implode twice. <laughs> and he was just kind of there and went, Alright, I'll have to put the company on my back and fix it. Like, that's that's the kind of man he is. I mean I mean, we talk mm. about the the quality of this year we can talk about the blood sport match we talk about anarchy in the arena we can talk about everything yeah right he's had an incredible year his ability has just gotten better 
and better. Yeah, people have been there and said, oh, John Moxley bleeds too much. To be honest with me, can you ever bleed enough in a wrestling match? As long as you don't pass out, I think you're fine. <laughs> oh, we're both gremlins. Um, and just... I, I, I think John Moxley has come to be a, a certain thing. He is like the... He is like the image of going against what we know of wrestling. Mm. He has become that like that thing. He does what he wants. He has been able to go out and have matches with people all over the place. And just oh, I just love it, man. He just yeah. he just hits for me. Yeah. I hope that man does get his holiday sooner rather than later, honestly. Yeah, he really does need his holiday. He deserves, though, he deserves a holiday. <laughs> honestly, I feel for John Moxley. Um, he deserves the world, honestly, for being able to carry a wrestling company through two very turbulent times. And as well as he did, I think that man is... Uh, he has, a, at the moment, we're only three years in, but he has a very strong contention as wrestler of the decade for th- for that alone. And for as well, just putting I, on some great matches as well. I, I do say, I do find it very interesting, Dan, that I'm the one to give him the nod instead of you. I'm very <laughs> intrigued by that. <laughs> to give to give Eddie Kingston the nod, rather. <laughs> That's very interesting to me. Look at what's happened in 2022 that this has happened. <laughs> Again, Eddie Kingston absolutely... Look right, Ridden, You don't. You don't need to take a guess that he is in my list. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. He is there. He has not disappeared. I have not suddenly become a person that hates Eddie Kingston. Everything is okay. Order is retained. <laughs> but that is where that is. That is it. That is the 2022 waggies. All I'll say is that it was a heck of a year. But for the love of God, please, can you just calm down in 2023 so we can actually kind of properly focus on this? Yeah. <laughs> it's been a he- it was a hell of a year. 2023. I really, uh, I really hope that there's going to be some really great moments. I hope more than anything, we see a lot more. There's a lot more, um, more positives than negatives. Uh, or at the very least, if there are negatives, that they aren't as, as that they don't dip as low as they did. Um, at the very sense, because it sucks to see what happens and what happened happened, but hopefully we get to see both companies flourish, hopefully, and and uh, get to see some great moments in 2023. Well, we'll see how that how that happens in December. Come December, shall we? <laughs> But no, I am looking forward to this year. I don't know about you, chaps, in terms of wrestling. Are you guys excited? Bring it on. Yeah. Bring it on. Bring it on, indeed. Yeah. Oh, man. All righty. That is where we're going to end our episode. But coming up on on the next one, we are back with our, uh, our little period of collaborations. And we are back with our good friend, Chris O'Brien. As we're going to do something quite different for this, we're going to be doing a retrospective and a very more recent storyline. We're going to be chronicling Jonathan Gresham's Ring of Honor pure title run. 
It's a very interesting one, especially considering as well that this was very, very much in the uh, pandemic era as well. So very interesting to look forward to that. Very interested to, and very excited to have Chris on. But until then, I have been Sam. This has been Dan and Reardon. And you've been listening to the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. We will see you as always on the next one. Bye. Happy New Year.